it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. It's Wednesday, which means Armchair Politics is coming up in about an hour. We'll have political operative Bobby Clayton Walton joining uh, our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right, for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, and national headlines in uh, current events in politics, plus uh, some quotes and uh, my favorite part, the X-Files. But that's uh, coming up in about an hour. Um, this first hour, we're going to talk about the uh, Flint City Council election. Um, just a little over a month ago, petitions were turned in by almost 50 candidates, and uh, after the certification process, that was cut in half, which meant uh Three wards will not appear on the August ballot. They are the first, fifth, and ninth ward. In the first uh, ward, uh, held by incumbent Eric Mays, he's running unopposed, so there will be no primary there. Same is true for Eva Worthing in the ninth ward. She's running unopposed, so uh, the ninth ward will not appear, but the fifth ward will not appear on the ballot because there are only two candidates and the way it works is uh, since there are only two to move on into the general um, 
there's no primary to have, although I've talked to some people who think there is a primary to have for the Fifth Ward. Uh, that primary coming up in August, there were uh, two candidates that were not, their petitions were not certified, and I reached out to them and invited them to be on the show, and they agreed. Um, they they are uh, uh, former um, former city council uh, member Wantwas Davis. I haven't been able to reach him this morning as we had arranged, uh, but he's been prevented from running in the primary. And uh, the other candidate that got knocked off or blocked from being on the ballot is, uh, it, actually, she's been on the show before, but in her role as a uh, very gifted musician. Shannon Lacey was a candidate, and she claims that she was inappropriately blocked from being on the uh, August ballot, and she joins me by phone. Good morning, Shannon. Welcome to the show, or I should say welcome back to the show. Uh, good morning, Tom, and good morning to all your listeners. How's it going out there? Well, it's rainy, <laughs> but <laughs> but what are you going to do? We need the rain. Um, right. but, but tell me about the, the process now. How, how did it work? You decided you were going to run for the city council in the 5th Ward where you live, and uh, you took out petitions along with a lot of other people from the wards all over the city. But then what? You had to go out and get signatures. Yeah, um, I decided to, you know, run for city council, and so I went out and um, got uh, the signatures uh, to get onto the uh, ballot. So this is like the nomination uh, portion of the game, and I, I go out, I gather um, 106 signatures within a couple days. It was it was like nearing the end of. Uh, the closing of the session of the time to turn in the signatures. So I went out, I got 106, and initially I turned in uh, 82 signatures. And um, that was on the 19th of April. And then I went out and gathered some more because they all had to be in. I believe it was the 20th, yeah. So um, I gathered some more and I brought them in, and that, that was 24 for a total of 106. And um, I waited, you know, so that they could count them up and see what was happening. And right. I got a call. I got a call from Gloria, who works down in uh, the clerk's office. And she told me uh, I was on the ballot. And, you know, congratulations. And that they didn't have to go through a lot of signatures to find the needed 75, because you need 75 verifiable signatures out of whatever pool you turn in. So I was like, cool. And then she goes, oh, oh I, I made a mistake. Um, I got you mixed up with, there's there's another Shannon in the seventh ward. So, you know, Tom, I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, mellow. I know that we're all human. So I said, uh, well, um, we, let, let's get it corrected. You know, I'm not going to make any announcements until I know what's happening. And she says, well, I got your packet here. My assistant is working on it. And she like, them through it and say, well, you only got a, a, a few nicks on here, basically things that they couldn't verify, and it looks good, and since I'm coming in the next day, which I believe was going to be a Saturday, I'm going to uh, go ahead and give you a call, because we should have it done. It's already in our hands, and I, I told her then, I, I reminded her that I had brought in an additional uh, 24 signatures on the 20th, so 
you know, you got that to pull from for, for in the pool. And she was like, okay, cool. But I never heard anything back. And then the next thing I know, um, in the, it, it got announced, AC Dumas announced that, you know, who was going to be on the ballot. And I didn't hear my name. And, and that was cool, too, you know. But I, I was still expecting to hear something back from the clerk's office. You know, you, you didn't initially hit me back. And then I saw what the paper printed about the uh, disqualifications due to signatures or, or whatnot. And so that's when I started calling downtown to, to find out, um, you know, did you pull from all of my signatures or, or just to find out, you know, what happened. I can take not being on the ballot. That's cool. But I need to follow up. And then it was I, it was questionable anyway because you had called me and made an error. Now, I know we're humans, but, I mean, it just got going awkward from the gate, you know? Right. What kind of guidelines were you given with regard to collecting signatures? Did they they all have to be from that ward? Right? Yes, they have to. They all have to be uh, from that uh, from your ward and uh, a registered voter, um, things of that nature. So what what I did is I just went door to door in from Medawanini and then the part of the fifth ward where I live at. You know. Um, in the meat of it, and then I, I even headed over to uh, University Park in the in the newer area, and that was cool too. I want to send a shout out to all those people, Tom, because it we had conversations. I, I, I probably would have had even more signatures, but I spent time just talking and getting to know them, know them, other than us just waving and passing. So shout out to all those people. And you had to have seventy five. 75 verifiable ones. So I had 106 um, total signatures. And then I, um, uh, out of that 106, they have to find 75 that are verifiable. Now, also in that, you can't have duplicates. So, um, like, say me and Winfrey, for instance, um, is the, there's duplicates. So you sign both of ours. It, it's who turns it in first. So that's, like, another rule to it but you need 75 verifiable ones. And so you had the um, 75, you turned in, what did you say, 106? Well, I turned in 106 for them to uh, verify, yes. And then they go through a verification process, make sure that the people are, in fact, residents of that ward, that they're registered to vote, and... Um, uh, that's that's about all they have to check but there is a process they go through all the candidates petitions verify them and then they announce who the candidates that'll be on the ballot will be and you found out that you weren't going to be on the ballot um and and you contacted them and they what did they say about uh about well, why well, your ballot or why your petitions didn't qualify? Well, they didn't initially say. So um, I called and I left a, a message down there and uh, by voicemail. And then I got a call back from a woman named Inez uh, Brown. Yeah, the Flint City and, clerk. Uh huh. And, and she said, uh, you know, I'm returning your call. And I let her know uh, my name is Shannon Lacey. Um, I was. Uh, turned in my nomination slips, and I was just wondering, you know, um, what disqualified me. And at that point, she told me, uh, she said, well, you only had 82 signatures turned in. And at that point, 
I said, no, ma'am. I actually turned in 106 signatures um, to be pulled from. And then she asked me if I had the dates and uh, the the receipts. And I said, yes. And she said, what are the, the dates on your on your receipts? And I said, the 19th of April and the 20th of April. On the 19th, I turned in the 82 that you're speaking of, and then I, I brought back 24 more in. And she said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to call you back. And then that's when it just kind of went awry, uh, to, per se, or, or interesting, we'll say interesting, because I didn't, I didn't get a call back. Um, and so what I ended up doing uh, was leaving more messages. Uh, there's another lady, Brenda or Barbara, and it got to the point where she was like, I'm turning the messages over. I, I am. I'm just the message taker, but I am turning the messages in. And so then I had to, like, I wrote the Secretary of State. I, I sent notaries down there. I mean, I probably spent, like, $60, $75 in, in notary, at least 50 bucks, you know, um, trying to get an answer out of the office. And all I wanted to know was what disqualified me and if I could, you know, see the papers back or what happened. But also, why? what happened to the other 24 signatures that I turned in? Nobody was saying anything. So I'd start sending letters to the Secretary of State and anybody else, you know, that I could think of reaching out to the media. And then um, just as of yesterday uh, or wherever, I don't, the, the 24th, I get a call. And then now after all of this, the media interviews I've been doing and all the letters that I've sent out, they returned the packet. I sent seven, Tom, FOIAs, okay? Yeah. Seven down there just to to get these documents that I received on, on the 24th. What's today? The 25th, 26th? Today, today is the 26th. Yeah. So I received them on the, on the 24th day before yesterday. Out of all of that time, I mean, going back to um, uh, May 1st, my first, my first notary letter um, to the clerk's office, and I walked it in, you know, and then I had to send a, another letter. Then I started, I, I sent a, a, a FOIA down there that I walked in and got a signature and timestamp, as well as the letter I sent from the gentleman who works upstairs. And when I called to see if the FOIA was ready, a guy named Tom Spiro said, oh, you know, when you, when you mail in, you know, it, it, sometimes things get lost. And I said, well, sir, I walked it in, and I got a, a time signature it, 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 initial on it. <laughs> and he, and he goes, Shannon, I, I have to pause you there, but I want to pick it up right there when we come back. I have to take a short break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure. Great. My guest is Shannon Lacey. She was uh, uh, prevented by the city clerk's office from appearing on the uh, uh, ballot in August to run for the city council in the 5th Ward. And uh, she and Wantwas uh, Davis, who formerly held that seat, were both blocked from being on the uh, primary ballot, which uh, left the number of can Hello candidates. There, we'll be Tigger. back. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We got cut off there by the uh, break. I was explaining that the uh, uh, Fifth Ward will not be represented on the August uh, ballot because there are only two certified candidates uh, running. And the way that uh, the city council in Flint works is if there are um, more than two candidates, they have a primary. If there are only two, then they just have the runoff in the general election in November. And those candidates are the incumbent, Jerry Winfrey Carter, and a challenger, Joseph Schapani. And uh, But there were four candidates originally, including one who had held the seat before, Wantwas Davis, and he had agreed to be uh, part of the conversation this morning, and I haven't been able to reach him uh, despite multiple attempts, and I will continue to try and get through to Wantes uh, to include him. Um, but uh, there were two candidates that were blocked from appearing on the ballot, which means the, the fifth ward won't appear on the ballot in August. And the uh, other candidate to have their uh, petitions blocked or not certified is uh, my guest this morning, Shannon Lacey. Shannon, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no, it's cool. You you got to, uh, you know, run the, run the ads. You got to do it. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Anyway, um, you were talking about uh, someone saying that, that perhaps uh, your request for information uh, to the city as you tried to find out why they made the decision they made. You weren't even challenging the decision necessarily. You just wanted to know, why didn't I make the grade? Um, but but you were told that uh, perhaps it was lost in the mail, and yet you had delivered it in person. You want yeah, to um, pick it up there, Shannon? Yeah, so um, I, I, also, I wanted to find out where my other signatures went, the other 24, and, I, and to find out why I didn't make the grade. So what I, in trying to get information, I started sending FOIAs out after my messages uh, weren't being uh, re returned. I, I couldn't get a word back. So I sent letters to the Secretary of State. I sent a letter to the clerk's office. Um, and then I started sending FOIA, uh, FOIA, I sent FOIA down there. So... I talked to a guy named Tom Spiro, and he said, well, you know, sometimes they get lost. But I had it uh, notarized, and I, I walked down there myself and got a, a signature on it from uh, one of the, the workers in the legal department. And I told him I didn't walk it in. I actually hand-delivered it. And he goes, oh, oh, well, you know, things get lost. So uh, I went back, and I, uh, I emailed them one copy, and then I faxed over, like, five copies a, a few days later. Uh it was it was just very interesting, you know. And then I get a letter of insufficiency on May sixth, but it's very vague as to uh, what the insufficiency is. It just says, you know, it's like, it's like a form letter. It says, you know, your petitions were rejected because of an insufficiency. It could have been sent to anybody at any time. Yeah, right, right. Well, Shannon. Um, now, the requirement is 75 signatures, you turned in 82, and then you turned in another 24, and the 24 that you turned in that Inez Brown, the Flint City Clerk, um, didn't seem to be aware of, um, were you given a receipt for those when you turned those in? Because you turned them in on the deadline day, 
which was April right. 20th. Right. I turned in twice, on the 19th and on the 20th. So, yes, she was aware of it because she called me after I left the message. And I told her, and she asked me for the receipt dates. And I, if I had receipts, and then what were the dates? And I, I gave them to her. And then it went back to, I'm going to have to call you back. And I, I didn't hear anything. And then after, you know, all of these letters, and um, I ended up getting the letter of insufficiency on May 6th. So we're talking about, like, from the, the 26th of trying to, 27th of trying to catch up with them um, until May 6th that I get a letter of insufficiency because I had already started challenging it before the, their letter of insufficiency came out because it was awkward that now you can't find 24 of the signatures, you know. And now on May 24th, um, I received my FOIA request and um, as well as the signatures. So they're basically saying out of the 106 that I had uh, turned in, there's 73 were verifiable. And um, w one of them, it says CO, but then it has a check. So they wrote 73. It's either 73 or 74, but it's not 75. And um, <laughs> that's but the that's, paper I got the but, other day. <laughs> but, that's, but that's one of the reasons, Shannon, why people generally turn in a lot more signatures than what's required because some of them might not hold up to scrutiny so if they're calling yeah, most for, understandably yeah most, most understandably you know but see that's 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 very understandable what's not acceptable or understandable tom is that you only pulled initially out of 82 and then you could not locate the other 24 and you evaded phone calls and and, and messages and foyers until you came up with them. The truth is this, man. I'm going to just lay it out. Had I not followed up on it, it would have just rolled in the same manner. You know? Th now, that's you that's sent, what it is. You sent a letter to the uh, the Secretary of State. Um, did Jocelyn Benson's office respond to your letter in any way, even to acknowledge well, receipt? I initially, I, I initially uh, spoke to them over the phone, and then they... Um, told me the the process of what to do, like just get it into writing over to them, and that was a, a lady named Shermy over there, and then I think uh, Kathleen or Colleen, someone like that that I had kind of followed up with. Um, they had a meeting with their colleagues, and I think they contacted the clerk's office. This was like in in May, uh, prior to the letter of insufficiency coming out. And then as I still didn't receive, you know, the information that I wanted to regarding my other 24 signatures and if they had been counted and what happened with that process, um, I, I kept following up with them. And then I got the information back from them. So they, they did step in. They didn't necessarily tell me, you know, every increment or every word spoken in their conversation to the clerk's office, but they reached out over there. They, you, you think they contacted the city clerk's office, but do you think that the city clerk's office said we checked and they didn't have, and she didn't have the right number of signatures, so it was uh, rejected, and and the uh, secretary of state's office just dropped it at that? Uh, well, no, not necessarily, because it's not just me not having enough signatures. It, it was what did you actually pull from? 
Right. See, because you left the whole 24 out. I understand that they're 82 and you need a certain 75, but you didn't even count the other ones. And the, I want to say this, too. I spoke back to Inez Brown, and she <laughs> she said she's never spoken to me. I've, I've never, I've never spoken to you. I've never received any. And she's so sweet. And she reminds me like when I'm at church and you look out and you see the mother's board on the front row, you know, and they're smiling and they got their cloth <laughs> and they're waving, you know, thank you, Lord Jesus and bless Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and everybody else for what we've been through. And don't let it be February or Juneteenth or oh, we really going to get emotional, you know, that. And so I didn't want to, I'm not trying to be disrespectful but at the same time i'm not gonna let you tell me i'm i'm in error and i know we're not i know for a fact i talked to her you know and gave her the receipt date so to get back on the phone weeks later and say i've never spoken to you i've never received any messages or letters or my office didn't receive anything because if we had of someone from this office would have contacted you back what and and was adamant about it. <laughs> Shannon, what what made you want to run for city council to begin with? You know what, Tom? In being out here and helping with other organizations and doing things around the neighborhood and having an opportunity to spend time with development. Like, I, I've been to, like, the choice meetings and neighborhood meetings and seeing how you know, cities work and what's happening in the street and with people. And I honestly know of myself that I am an excellent bridge of communication between, I guess what you would call Main Street and, and the government street down the street. I get a lot of things done and the community comes around me to assist. For instance, I bought a, a vacant lot behind me and it was basically a forest with mattresses buried in it. When the neighborhood see me out there cutting it down, I didn't have to ask for any help. And then that gives me a chance to tell them how we need to invest our resources and time in our community. And maybe everybody doesn't know how downtown works. That there's, They always point at the mayor. I mean, he's supposed to be the head, so that's why they're pointing, you know. But then there's development, and there's a legal department, and there's a clerk's office, and there's all of these different functions and people that have say over your life. And it's really affecting you. It has affected you, you know. So, and as a homeowner, that's what led me to paying more attention to what happens downtown. And yeah, even trying to, so I just became more aware, Tom, and I want to expand that. Like I said, I know I'm an excellent bridge and I get things done. You know, all of this of people, circle talk. Maybe, maybe nobody listening, um, knows uh your your backstory shannon um first of all you have a stage name makana roxy and maybe more yeah. people know you by that name but you left california and came here to flint to rehab a house and you did uh, from what i could tell from your facebook posts and pictures you rehabbed that house pretty much by yourself yes sir and a lot of people don't realize, you know, maybe when they when they first meet you, that you've had firsthand experience with these different agencies and and uh, uh, rules and regulations about things because of the work you've done. And 
you came here from somewhere else at a time when this was not the most attractive place in the world to be. Right. I got really blessed as far, you know, the the, pro- the property that I live in is, is was already great. You know, it just needed somebody to be in it. Um, but, and then I learned, yes, about buying other properties. Like I had a house on Baltimore Street. There was a, a lot of work that needed to be done in there. And it wasn't like the house I live on. Mary Street's like ready to go. You need to put some appointments in there, but you're, you're, you're good to go. But Baltimore Street was another was another angle and even more than purchasing and and helping bring back properties and cleaning them up if i couldn't do nothing but cut the grass to make the neighborhood feel better i couldn't understand how come people weren't buying the properties back or or i didn't understand that especially coming from you know somewhere else and so i found out other things and and i never judged it until i had my own experiences of going down to development so really my, um, aside of helping with water and things like that, my real learning of development, how that works down there is from me going to buy properties from them. And, and it was just delayed for so long and just seeing how different things work. Now we got the, the deal done and, and all of that. Shout out to Suzanne Wilcox and Chris and Stevens and everyone. But there were some interesting things that I experienced. So it made sense what the people said, because I didn't come in here and judge either anyone. I, you know, my experience with you was my experience with you. But then it kind of started to make sense what the people were saying. Like, well, we want to buy the property back, but they'll, they'll change the rules or the land bank won't call us back or the city owns it. And, and somebody told me <laughs> that they, they'll work with you because you talk white. Like, I don't talk white. I'm not saying my grammar, whatever that is in itself. And then they're like, your name is Shannon Lacey. So when you send something in, it's not like Jaquan or something like that. They don't know what you are, you know, or you're an artist and you have, even though you're humble, you not only do you have pictures with celebrities or whatever, you actually were doing something with them, playing drums or interviewing them or recording on their product, writing and producing for them. So, that's why, and I, I just try to instill in people like, nah, you just got to keep pressing forward. But I started noticing that the spirit is broken. I, they don't want to try to run for an office. They don't want to try to buy nothing. They don't want to cut the crap. Man, because they don't, down there don't care about us. They just do it for you because X, Y, Z. Then I started having my own experiences and, and just learning. And I said, well, there's some things that we need to understand, you know, and there may be even some rules that you don't like. If I were to be counseled, things that I say already, like if you get a vacant lot, don't let it look like Sanford and Son. Don't put 99 broken cars up on there. You, you know, so I, I balance it out, but, but I see things. And I've also had a chance, development would invite me to help them do blight stuff. And I had a blessed opportunity to go to a, um, a choice housing meeting where this goes on all around the United States of rebuilding neighborhoods. And one of the things that stands out in my mind right now is community trust. With the between the organizations or or the local government and the community and the community trust here is very low to say the least. So I was looking at it too, like man, they they got love for me too, and I know they trust me. And by me having an understanding and and a, a hunger to learn more about downtown and such a passion and hella energy, I could get a lot done, and I could get the citizens too to help, and we can rebuild that trust. 
I didn't do this just to push somebody up they seat or be mean or, 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 you know, I, but when I see a job that needs to be done, I'm going to do it. And when it needs to go to higher levels and I see failure in certain areas, then someone needs to step up and do it. I, I see failure in our, in our council, you know, even trying to do things, um, here in town. Like I, and, and one of my initiatives was also let's use some of this budget money to get these sidewalks fixed. You know, Tom, I fell in a six-foot hole on Saginaw Street. The fire department fell in a hole when they came to get me. And they're still down there trying to figure out a damage claim. They blame AT&T, and they use that as the denial. And then when it comes back, well, it's not AT&T's. Well, let's think of another reason to deny it. You can't think of another reason to deny a damage claim. That's obvious. Even development is like, man, this isn't somebody that would be joking around or something. This sidewalk is torn up. Now, city council did go down there, Jerry Rumphrey Carter, and she said, this is hollow ground. We put a, a tape measure in there. It's a six-foot hole that's a foot wide and nine inches long. And then the one that the firemen fell in when they came to get me out of the hole, shout out to uh, Miss Sherry from Dole Ryder who called 911. They fell in a hole. That hole is, is five, six feet deep. And just now, Tom, I've been to community, what do you call a city council meetings? You'll see me up there speaking. Uh, just one of the meetings is 11-25-2019. And you'll see council tell Rob Benzik and all these people to go do whatever. Do you know there's just now gravel over the hole as of May 20th? Do you know that they just put up another A-frame caution tape barricade as like the fire department put up when I fell in on like April 30th, April 29th? That is beyond neglect. So they need somebody down there to light their tail up. And so, yes, I feel like I'm the person that, that should go do it because of my experience, my passion, my caring, my follow-up, and my energy. Yes, I will bet on me. Have you, have you looked into the possibility of uh, continuing a campaign, like through a, maybe a write-in process? I'm not well, sure you know, exactly what the guidelines are for that, but I wonder if you'd looked into it or if you would even consider doing that. Well, you know, I thought about that, Tom, um, and I prepared in any manner. Like if I was going to be a, a write-in, because a lot of the, you know, people know me by a different name, as you pointed out. Now, in, around Flint, the Flint citizens have named me California. <laughs> so they uh, and are just learning that my name is Shannon Lacey, you know. So um, I thought about that, and I worked on if they were to allow me to be on the ballot, I figured at minimum uh, they, they make it so it, it would be a write-in, which would, you know, it would be tougher. But I'm not going to tell you all the things I did, but, you know, by just being an artist and knowing promotions and things like that, how to teach everybody my name so that you could write it in so we could get this stuff done. Now, as of now, by the papers that I've picked up on the 24th, they're saying that I only have 73. And whether it's 73 or 74, it's not 75. And it's going to take some time or whatever to go through this. And then I think there's some questions on the FOIA that um, weren't really answered. But I have another way to still get things done. It doesn't mean that my um, my help in the community stops. It's not the citizens of Flint. It's the falutin folks downtown doing this. This was not by accident. This was made to, you know, to discourage. So something will continue, you Do know, you do you have copies of uh, of the petitions that you turned in with all 106 names? Yes, and then they returned to me also a typed out list of 
um, who, you know, who was on that list and how they were able to verify it. And then they also made like a, a, a ledger key to say what different things meant as far as uh, like crossed out or uh, that's not their address or things of that nature. So I had a, t a chance to kind of gloss through that. And then I noticed uh, I, I had a, like four signatures that were duplicates between Carter and I. And that's understandable because I'm sure she started uh, uh, a long time ago. Surely she wouldn't turn it in late or turn it in after the due date just because, you know, you're already in there and you're comfortable. So what they, you know, in December, or I mean not December, but February or January, I believe, some people that had already signed hers also signed mine. So, you know, that's that's understandable. Well, yeah, um, because they, they have to be uh, residents of the ward, and there were four people collecting signatures in that ward to run. Right, right. So there, there could be some possible duplication. So there were uh, four people from, oh, from March and uh, December. So we only had four duplicates, Winfrey and I. And, um, and the other thing was uh, someone's name, like it was ineligible, they couldn't read it. Like they have a whole ledger key as to why, you know, that signature's not valid or verifiable. So that that's where we are with that. And I, I think now I am, because I have that, I've, I've reviewed it, and moreover, it just shows me how things work here. Have you, know? you, have you thought about suing to be on the ballot? No, I haven't thought about suing to be on the ballot. I am going to have to probably sue them to get my damage claim for uh, the sidewalk incident out here that they are blatantly aware of and have neglected for over a year and a half. Like I said, that's, that's part of my... Um, was going to be my one of my initiatives. And it's still going to be my initiative because, darn it, people have to have, you have the right to have a sidewalk, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> I, and a I lot of you. what development is always talking about in, in downtown and with all the budget money and stuff like that is we're going to, we want to make it more walkable. Well, I've been walking around with you guys for a couple of years and, and you've yet to do it. Now you'll do it where you're going to build a new site. But but what about the other sidewalks? What about where the grass is growing and there's not a sidewalk, but it's supposed to be? It's the same neglect. It's, it's just people not caring. Tom, it, there needs to be people that care, and maybe it's not not caring because you're evil. Maybe it's just because you're burnt out. But we don't need no burnt out light bulbs in the socket. Well, Shannon, we we have to put an end to it there. But I want to make sure and share with listeners where they can. Uh find out more about you and and the things that you're up to um can do you have uh, a, a website that that people can keep track of what you're doing um that is going up it's under construction right now i had kind of put just like a halt on it because i didn't know if i was going to be saying candidate or or not um but really and i'll invite this uh, to your listeners you can call tom and get my phone number I answer my phone for anyone. I'm outside, you know, tootling around, cutting the grass or pulling some weeds out or, or doing something. You, you're more than welcome to pull up and holler at me. I'm, you know, but definitely your listeners can just get my telephone number directly from you. Everybody has my number. I'm not a shut-off person. And, um, okay. 
Shannon, yeah. we got to end it there, but thanks for spending for sure. this time with me this morning. It was good to talk thanks to you. Thanks for having again. me. I appreciate it. All right. We'll have more of the Thank Tom you. Sumner program Hi, this straight is Joe ahead. Joe from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org. 
or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Gentlemen, who are we scheduled to interview next? I've been waiting around now for three weeks. our apologies. Our next guest is the junior senator from New York. Senator, first we'd like to welcome you here today. We hope this will be a happy interview. No, well, I mean, that's, I don't think that that would be, I doubt if it will be. (laughs) Senator is the father of nine children and a devoted family man. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out to come and speak with us here. I'm delighted to see uh, so many grown-ups all in one room. Senator, I wonder if we might switch for just a moment and keep the door open. Well, sir, we normally close the door for silence, you understand. I'm in favor of keeping that door open. (laughs) All right, we'll keep the door open. Thank you very much. Senator, as an out-of-stater, some people have questioned your motives for coming into New York. I grew up here in the state of New York. Well then, obviously it does have meaning for you. What exactly is New York to you and your wife, Ethel? Something that we will hand over to our children. (laughs) Mr. St. Ledger. Uh, Now that you're a senator, you must have some very, very exciting and vital things you plan on doing for the people of New York. No, I have no plans. Surely, surely, Senator, you have some ideas. I just have no plans. Well, what do the people of New York need? Well, I think you'd have to ask them. Senator, if we can, uh, if we can look ahead for just a moment, uh, do you think your brother Teddy will one day be president? If he wants to uh, join me and where I'm going, I'd be glad to have him along. <laughs> correctly interpret what you've just said, uh, when would you like to be president? Now. Well, I think you know it can't be done that quickly. 1965, 1966? No, obviously you can't run for president until 1968. I don't think that's fair. (laughs) It's been rumored that you're carrying on a feud with the president. Now, of course, none of us happen to believe that. Didn't you pay him a visit just recently? A few days ago. Did you have a nice, friendly chat with the president? I showed up and he had guards to keep me out. (laughs) We understood, sir, that on a recent tour of the western United States, you visited Mount Rushmore. I did, yes. With the great heads of Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln carved into the mountainside. That's correct. 
And as you stood there gazing up at that monument, did any particular thoughts come to mind? I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> Senator, many thanks for being with us this evening. Thank you very much. Incidentally, due to your heavy schedule, we almost took it upon ourselves to cancel this interview entirely. I would have been delighted. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
the Tom Sumner Program.com. Staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side on the other side We're all in for a bumpy ride show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs> 